We're the Kings of Friends podcast. We are live. We're live. Live from, from Leavenheath. Live from Leavenheath. The live album that never made it. <laughs> so this is, as you know, season two. Episode five. Episode five. You've been keeping up people out there. We threw you a little curveball with the last mm. show. Yeah. But we're back on track. It was like a bonus, like a bonus ball. But yes. we're back on track now, but there might be more bonus balls in the future. And we have now got back round to our next wider scene. It's a wider scene, and you know what that means. Go on, hit it. Well, hey now, brother, where you been? I just got back from the wider scene. The wider scene, what's a wider scene? The wider scene, just where I What wider scene are we looking at this particular show? Which way did we cast our net? Which way? Which we way? Southwest? I think probably Southwest is about right, actually, yeah. yeah. Southwest over Chelmsford. Yes. Chelmsford. I never quite know how to say it, but oh, it'd be a I good start, some, wouldn't I it? I knew someone used to call it Chelmsford. Chumps. Chumpsford. Well, I, my dad used to call um, Whitham Witham. Witham. I don't know anyone who calls it Witham, but he is from this area. Well, I suppose it's better, than, it's better than against them. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, that place, bloody hell, really negative. <laughs> yeah. We're with them. Not against them. So anyway, yeah, Chelmsford. Now, we had to um, throw on that over Chelmsford and find some music from there because, of course, we're really from Colchester. We know lots of Colchester bands, but we don't know what's going on down there. Well, it's a bit of a mixed bag with Chelmsford. It used to have a really vibrant scene. Especially when it had places like um, the Army and Navy there, the Wild yes. Club. What bad. you'll find with a lot of these places, I think, is you get covers bands, bands who come and go uh, and sort of tour, uh, although not so much in Chelmsford now, I guess, but um, and other things, you know, jazz, classical stuff, but the actual original rock and, you know, acoustic music, not so much. Uh, but partly because of London. Yeah. You see, we're outside of London's perimeter. You have to really try to get to London from Colchester. Many have tried and died on the way. Yeah. Just been found in a hedge, clutching yeah. a toothbrush and a copy of the Financial Times. Buried along the A12 corridor. Yes. But uh, Chelmsford, when you're in Chelmsford, it's not that far, is it? What no. is that, half an hour? What, from here or from London? <laughs> <laughs> no, from Chelmsford to London. It's not that far, is it, really, by train? No. no. I think of trains because I used to travel on trains a lot. Yeah. I used to love a train. Love a train. But yeah. she left me. About half an hour. But from here, it's a bit more of an effort. So I think what happens is a lot of the music is happening in London, isn't it? And there's not so many bands in Chelmsford. We have more of our own scene up here. This is close to another music scene that's doing well at the moment, South End. South End scene's strong at the moment. Yeah, but it's just near to London. Yeah, but it's a bit too far for us at the moment. We're doing our closest neighbours first, and then we'll spiral out in some sort of insane yes. art. Yes. Some sort of insane <laughs> art. And in, yeah, and in sort of like Series 10, Episode 7, we'll be like, right, well, we're up in Sky, the Isle of Sky, <laughs> talking to uh, Dave, Dave McTavish and the uh, Heath Blasters, which is a wider scene. <laughs> a very wide scene. Yes, very uh, wide scene. Anyway. Anyway. So who do we want to start with? Right, okay, who so uh, who have we got coming up on the show? We have got two bands and a legendary radio DJ. So we've got Magic Seas. Yep. And Lemon Curd Kids. And... Paul Dupree. Dupree. Paul Dupree. Paul Dupree. Same, same key, I think. Yeah. 
Paul Dupree, um, who we um, managed to corner outside the Three Wise Monkeys in Colchester and ask him about Chelmsford. So, yeah. yes, without further ado, is what the Let's line, get on it? with the show. The so, Peter, you got your little pen and your little book, mm. and you travelled over to Chelmsford in your little car. No, no, no. What happened was this: it was, it was a magical collision of events here because the day that they were releasing their debut album, they were actually playing at the Brew House, doing a release event, and that was the day I was auditioning them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was the day I was interviewing them. It was perfect. They had an album out on the day I was actually interviewing them. It was like, this never happened before. So I had to do a bit of listening in the afternoon because, of course, these things come out on the day, you know, online. Um, so I met them outside before they played. Yeah. And we went outside. Tell you what, they are um, tall brothers. People. Especially John. Blimey. You look at them on the stage, you think, yeah, I, I mean, I could match that in height. You yeah. get closer to them. I always do that. I always, I always do that. When I go to see a band, judge. that's what I do first. Yeah. What are you writing down, Justin? Yeah. I'm just comparing uh, myself. Five eight for me. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. What do you think of the band? Yeah, they're reasonable height. Good height. <laughs> uh, so, but blimey, when you get close, they are tall. And I have my my microphone up. It started to hurt after a while. I, this never happened before because they refused to sit down. They said, "We're not sitting down." We're not sitting there. If you think, you know, start pushing me, I said, back off, back off. And I said, look, and I held it up and bloody hell, it hurt. After a while, I, I got started to go numb, you know, when your arm, mm. you know, when your arm feels like it's going to fall off and goes numb. And like, anyway, do you want me to tell you about Magic Seas? Yeah, tell me. Well, all they about are them. from Chompsford and they are a duo playing guitar, but they have this dreamy landscape, um, sort of reminiscent of those early 90s bands, especially Ride. Of course, you've got to ask them their ages because I'm thinking, how do you remember Ride? Because, <laughs> of course, we do. But, you know, this is a long time ago now. We're going back 30 years, actually, now to about 1992. So they were inspired by bands like that. And their 2022 album, Paint the Waves, came out. But guess who helped produce it? I don't know, but it sounds like a hell of a job, painting waves. Painting waves. <laughs> so inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you stop moving? <laughs> I'll answer the question for you. Mark Gardner from Ride. They mm. sent their, some songs to Mark Gardner, He's, who really liked them, and he helped them produce the album. But their actual um, influences go far wider than that. They really like sort of 60s pop, and also Echo and the Bunnymen. And Debussy came up. Now, I'm always reading. Oh, come on. You like a bit of Debussy yourself. Can't get enough of the guy. Maybe the sea thing sort of connects, because Debussy wrote about the sea quite a bit as well. Um, so five singles and an album later, here they are. Yeah, I had a little chat with them about their music. Well, let's have a bit of a listen to them, shall we? I'm here with Magic Seas for Literary Kings and Friends, and I'm here with James and John. Nice to see you guys. Hello. Hello. And we're here for the uh, Queen Street Brew House debut album release. Is that correct? It is. It is, yeah. Paint the Waves, our album is out today. Good stuff. Magical name, by the way. How did you get your uh, name? I think it works on a few levels, but the idea behind it was um, very much kind of uh, influence of sort of Debussy and those sort of composers and the Great Wave and that kind of thing, and, and almost uh, you know kind of your own magic seas that you can kind of drift away on really without being kind of too conceptual about it. We right. kind of felt felt that that yeah, it kind of it kind of works. Really. Sea sort of does that, doesn't it? It's like a big idea with no defining points as such. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a very powerful thing. <laughs> and of course the Debussy connection, which I saw on your bio. You yeah. saw 
sort of dropped to boost him there. Yeah, yeah, I think it just and, and again sort of sat in those com- composers sort of composers we, we you know have been an influence. It's, you know, it's still it's still pop music, um, but but that kind of sort of, you know that sort of dreamy sound really is is an influence from from lots of different places. So that kind of all fed into that really. Your siblings? We are yes, are brothers. Siblings, yeah, yeah. Let's confirm that. So corny question, but is it Gallagher's or uh, Carpenters? Uh, it's, it's, it's Prudence's yeah we um, yeah we, we, we were asked this the other day for something else but um, yeah it's definitely not kind of Kinks or Gallagher's fighting we right. we get along and we try to play to each other's strengths um, and uh, yeah we, we know we need each other in, in this in, in this showbiz game so um, yeah you've actually met Mark Gardner from Ride and worked with him how did that come about it was just a pure chance thing so um, we're in the really fortunate position that, that Mark uh, has, has been working with us from sort of the beginning of the band so he's, 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 he's you know really been a, you know, a huge part in helping us sort of build the sound up and, and, and you know literally sort of build it from the grounds up really we were involved with something else a few years ago that we'd sort of we'd kind of managed to get to Mark's manager um, and then it, it just didn't happen as you know things often do and then um just had a couple of demos and we were just like well look we've got this email address we've pinged off a few demos uh, and said look could you pass them on and it and we just didn't think anything else of it and then sort of two weeks later um Mark got in touch and said, oh, I think there's, you know, there's, there's a beauty in the, these sort of demos and um, kind of went from there really. But, you know, we're really fortunate to, to have been in that position. That was kind of, you know, sort of four or five years ago when we sort of first started Magic Seas and, um, you know, to have Mark, uh, you know, kind of be working with us from, from sort of the start, you know, it's been, been, been a, really, a really great thing just in terms of us... Um, and I think this kind of feeds into, you know, we, we didn't want to sort of play our hand too much in terms of the, the writing, which is sort of what, the, what Magic Seas is about for me and John. Um, and and we had done a couple of sort of standalone singles and then the 12-inch EP, and it was just sort of trying to build it up and play as much as we could. And sort of each time we had a session, you know, hopefully try and sort of hone things in a little bit more. Um, yeah, which, which just sort of led us up to the album sort of naturally, really, I think, John, didn't it? It's a sort of slow build-up, really, to the debut album because it's good, what, seven years or so since you started? Uh, it's four or five years, oh, yeah. Okay, right. So it has been a slow, yeah. slow build, and I think the album's kind of a slow burner mm. as well. But yeah, um, it, it, yeah you know, it just, it just as, as anybody uh, making music, you, you just want to try and get it as best you can and yeah. get it right. So yeah. that was, you know, I think things are quite quickly to be uploaded to, you know, people who have written a song ten minutes ago and put it straight on Spotify, and it's, yeah. uh, which is great, you know. It's yeah. good good stuff comes from that but I think for us we, we wanted to try and um, be, be I don't know maybe a little bit more measured about it perhaps John I think yeah. it's been a process that's sort of grown as well we kind of just set out to really work on the songs and, and work together and I think the album came from that rather than us setting out to make okay let's go and make yes, an album right. it kind of yeah. came that way influences growing up I mean are you children of the 90s uh, yeah so James being a little bit older is kind of the Britpop stuff we always kind of heard growing up but always had like a kind of big 60s influence a lot of soul and Motown kind of um, R&B bands and stuff Faces were a big big one uh, but quite broad broad interests and uh, influences I'd say so were you an influence because you were older because I remember my brother was a bit like that 
I think so. Yeah, I'm a couple of years older than John, so I think I think we were young enough to be able to um, sort of buy the records of, of sort of a lot of those sort of Britpop mm. and indie bands of the '90s. But we were too young to be sort of going out to the gigs and the and the clubs and experiencing the sort of yeah. the culture of it. So um, yeah, in that respect, we were kind of we were absolutely bang on the money with the music itself. I mean, we've, we've both been going to, to gigs and festivals from a young age, just in terms of uh, having sort of uh, be parents that are into music, and so that's obviously where the 60s thing uh, that John mentioned kind of came in as a huge influence because it's always been there for us and we're really lucky for that people say about those sort of sort of lineage within sort of any sort of art really and and I think you can kind of trace a lot of bands are influenced by the band before and then you kind of you know get get into I don't know the Oasis or Blur and then you're going to discover the Smiths and yes, then you're going to just you know sort of tracking backwards yeah almost, absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely and um and, and you know that, that that I think's a big part of any sort of musical discovery for, for anyone really um and but yeah I suppose there was obviously stuff that if again you hear that and it's like oh what's that record label and you know you right. find creation and then you find ride and then right. you find yeah, my buddy yeah. Valentine and you know it kind of it kind of goes on from there I think I think um, yeah I think the kind of two main areas really I think as John said the 60s thing Gene Clark uh, Big Star yes, huge yeah, influences yeah, yeah. but again I think um, the Bunnymen and the Smiths and the C86 stuff as well yeah, yeah. Um, but again you kind of the Velvet Underground's almost the meeting point for yes. fans of those yeah. sort of yeah. you know all those bands people say about kind of the, the you know the digital thing and that but it's that i think there is a bit of magic in discovering a record in a charity shop or yes. the, the, the element of discovery is yeah. gone yeah, but at the same time it means that you can kind of get to stuff a lot quicker mm. so i suppose there's pros and cons for that especially vinyl you always felt like you were the first person to find it because it was actually yeah. in your hands wasn't it rather than sort of you know yeah, I mean, we've both, both, <laughs> we've both got, got, got kind of pretty big record collections yeah. and, um, and, and you know, again, sort of, I think it, it, people that are enthusiastic about vinyl or collect, re- collect records is that I think, you know, there is that kind of, um, it's real and there's that yeah. sort of like... Uh, the product. You, the product yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. You, you know, you can hold it yeah. and read it and there's, there's that kind of ritual of playing it, I suppose, yeah, yeah. isn't there, you know, which, um, you know, is, is kind of a, a, a common thing for yeah, people yeah. to collect records. And Tell us about the scene, what's happening in Chelmsford right now? Uh, Hotbox is a, a big part of Chelmsford, I think, at the moment. It's great, uh, you know, great venue, great sound, great stage, and uh, the guys there are really doing a lot to get bands in, not just locally, but from you know other countries even. Right. So that's yeah. great. That brings a lot to the to the city. Um, and I think there are promoters, you know, outside of that, that are still really trying hard yeah. to, to get things going. It's difficult, isn't it? Local venues keeping themselves going. It is, yeah. yeah. I think I think there's I think Chelmsford suffers for a couple of couple of kind of aspects really in that uh, I, you know I've always thought Colchester and South End have got more of their own identity right. because they're a bit yeah. further away from London. Yeah. So um, so I think Chelmsford suffers a little bit from that and if I'm honest there's some there's some really good bands in Chelmsford and um, some some people making some really really interesting music but I, I kind of think it. It, they never sort. I don't know if it's people don't sort of the stars don't align and it, they're not doing the thing at the same time, or if it's a kind of genre difference, or it just doesn't kind of have that glue that perhaps Colchester and South End have got. But at the same time, like John said, Hotbox, we're really lucky to have the venue. Um, you know, I think I think the basement's still putting music on. The UB's a good music pub yeah. as well, um, and uh, yeah, there's places to play. And I think as long as there's places to play, people are gonna yeah. want to go and play. So new album out today. Is this a kind of uh, a start of something new? Is it a sort of at the end of something? Um, what do you hope? I think with the with the record and as, as I kind of said about we we, we didn't want to play our hand too soon in terms of what we were trying to do. Um, I think with the singles you can kind of hear the progression 
to the album but I do think with the, with the sessions for the album as John said it, it wasn't it wasn't like we said right we're going to make an album it kind of found us right, okay. through the process yeah. in a lot of in a lot of respects I think and um, so I think we kind of found the sound of Magic Seas through making the record John I, I think you know it's, it's kind of fair to that so I think it was almost it feels kind of like the starting point or sort of you know it's in some respects I think maybe right. in terms of like right we've you know we've got something that's yeah. sort of a little bit more substantial release yeah. that people can kind of yeah. you know hopefully enjoy and, and explore a bit more yeah. rather than just a single or, or, or a sort of 12 inch EP the same thing with the writing and, and the sound of it just try and sort of get it each step right and build it up yeah. and um, yeah hopefully hopefully it gets gets better Alone on the Moon then stands out as a little bit different uh, which gives you that kind of departure maybe from the more the, the poppier shorter tracks is this a sort of a sign of things is that a sort of a one-off uh, track to end the album with I kind of think both really we've got a few songs well we've got lots of songs but we've got some songs that are kind of we're looking to sort of move forward with perhaps in the new year John haven't we for for, for another record obviously we've you know we want to try and push this one as much as we can and um, and, and you know as, as anyone try and get as many people to hear it as we can yeah. but I think with it's funny because a few people have picked out Alone on the Moon and that was Mark's favourite one on the record as it's well it's a beautiful title as well the imagery is oh, fantastic yeah um, yeah, I think I think we we played in Sheffield as well last night, and people were like chatting to afterwards. I was like, oh, that that last song, mm. oh, we you know we played in set, and it was like Alone on the Moon. So it, it, I'm, I'm pleased that it's kind of a slower song, and it's a bit more of a kind of expansive song that people have picked up on because it's normally the kind of shorter shorter kind of two three minute ones that that are a bit perhaps a bit more immediate that yeah. you can kind of think oh you know me people might recognize that as being a single or, or kind of catch people's attention mm. so i don't know i think i think there is the kind of perhaps more atmospheric and kind of ambient side to what we do yeah. as well as as combining that with with kind of you know the sort of gene clark influenced pop songs and, and hooks I think John and the yeah. jangly guitars yeah, um, yeah and the you know the kind of fingerstyle acoustic yeah. guitar playing that, that kind of John you know John John does so I think it's just sort of I suppose you know a, a you know mesh of all those things yeah. really so so yeah both really right. I think you kind of have room to do that on, a, on an album and right. the track the title track as well Paint the Waves is, is you kind of you know the same ballpark with that um, whereas obviously if you've got an EP or a, an A and a B side on a yeah. single you're, you're kind of limited yeah. as to sort of you know what you can get on there this is a song by the magic seas and this is off their recent album paint the waves and this is called a moment Rage 
And this is a cherry cola. Well, we're going to do it again. Now, close your eyes on podcast there, and we're going to do it again. Which one's this? Okay, that's the first one. This is the second one. Peter and I went to see a gig in Colchester. We went mm. to see a young man called Will Foley. Yes. Who's playing at our next um, event. He is. With his band. Also present at the... Was a man. Gig. Was a man. He was just loomed up in the background. Tapped us on the shoulder. Yeah. His name precedes him. Mm, it does. He literally it does. Literally, literally, literally trumpeters come into the room. He has a trolley <laughs> with his name on. <laughs> Party free. That's right. And he went, What's you doing here, geezers? And we went, Well, we asked you to come here so we could interview you. We did, we interviewed him. We went from Cockney to Posh within seconds. I know. Well, we've known Paul for quite a while, haven't we? Having been in a band ourselves, we went on the show. We've been on the show a few times. Litter of Kings. You've been on there before and I'm going to be go on there again yes I'll be on there soon so yeah. material but of course we also know him um, from a general bod around the scene I mean he is someone who knows a lot of musicians in Chelmsford yeah oh you boys I heard you want an interview with me got our problems with that yeah anyway we love Paul he's great um, yeah and yeah it was good to catch up with him and find out a little bit more about him he, he's always questioning other people for a show yeah but what do we know about him yeah Paul yeah Paul yeah Paul I'm doing those uh, finger things yeah Paul Air like, that, like that's his real name <laughs> anyway 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 let's dig it man let's dig it let's dig in let's dig in 
Mr. Kings and Friends here with Paul Dupree. Hello. 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 Interrogation. Let's uh, grill the Dupree. Peter and I have always been impressed with the depth of your musical knowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so firstly, what is your earliest memory of music? And secondly, where does your love of music come from? I think he was my brother. My brother's seven years older than me. And he was always really quite sort of turned on. I mean, in terms of music. Mm. And um, I think probably Van de Graaff Generator. Wow. 19, when I was about six or seven, mm. just hearing this. I mean, that, that, it's an, incre an incredible piece of music to start with. But Porn Hearts, the album. Yes. Wow. It's got this huge, great, long, one-sided track called uh, A Plague of Lighthouse Keepers. And it's got everything in it. It's got sound effects. It's got chord changes that you wouldn't believe and that's the first thing I remember listening to I, mean, I, I actually somebody told me I think it was my dad actually that I was listening to Led Zeppelin when I was three wow. whether I was enjoying it or not I don't know <laughs> Were you, did Peter Hamill sort of worry you though I mean it's quite a it's quite an unusual voice isn't it yeah I know but look how many people he's influenced over the years I mean incredible I think Johnny Rotten is probably is the uh, most preeminent person who uh, he uh, influenced, but I mean, the thing is, if I was to sing like that, I mean, I'd, first of all, I think probably I'd be, there'd be something wrong with me uh, <laughs> mentally, because I mean, the thing is that uh, the stuff, he, the, the lyrics they have, the, the stuff they, 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 they sing about is actually quite neurotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite and, dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's, it's, it, it is an awful lot of beauty in their music as well. They never really made it, did they, as big as the other progs, the other British No, because they never had a really had a hit single. I suppose the closest yeah. they did there was, they did um, a version of Theme 1, which was by George Martin, which was the, uh, the introduction music to BBC Radio 1 in oh. 1967. And the, George Martin wrote a special piece for it. It's very, very Beatlesque, but Van der, Van der Graaff recorded it in a sort of pompous prog way. And... Um, and it was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. You can see the depth of knowledge there, musical knowledge. I know, right such there. a young age as well. So my question was this. I mean, you travel around to see gigs, but is your loyalty in your heart to Chelmsford, to the scene there? Um, I'd like to think it is, but I mean, the thing is that we've, we've suffered, I think, in Chelmsford, mainly because I think it's a commuter town that's very close to London, and anybody in round Chelmsford or the environs of Chelmsford will probably travel into, Ch into London to try and make it rather than doing it locally whereas with Colchester it's that far much farther out that people will uh, sort of get together more more of a community as it is here um, I'm, not, I'm not trying I'm not dissing Chelmsford at all but the thing is that we lack a scene and it, we're finding it very difficult to get together we, we are trying we're trying to get everybody who there are a number of people in Chelmsford who will promote good music but it's a matter of getting people together to do it and that's very difficult because every, I think there's a a certain amount of um, egotistical prowess about them, you know, and uh, I think it's um, it, it's only going to be it, it can only get better. That's all I can say. I mean, but while we bring more people from outside, uh, from yourselves and uh, uh, people from Colchester into Chelmsford to play alongside everybody else, I think you'll influence them a lot more to do, do something right. themselves. Yeah, yeah. But Magic Seas was saying something very similar, actually, about its proximity to London. Yeah. Was its problem, basically. But, I mean, you've lost some great venues in Chelmsford. The Army and Navy, I could not believe 
traveling to that roundabout in Chelmsford and not seeing the venue there. Yeah. And that was for proper touring <laughs> groups as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oasis played there. Yes, exactly. I yeah, mean, yeah. probably about 15 years of, yeah. uh, of really solid yeah. lineups. And I'm not sure what happened to the guy who actually booked all those at the end, because I think he just disappeared. But why do you think Colchester did so well at the Panic Awards? Um, well, okay. I think the thing is that people need to need to understand. Uh, the Panic Awards has been very much a Chelmsford thing for 10 years, 12 years. Um, I, I don't want to be big-headed about this, but I went to them and said, you know, there's a whole world out there. And the thing is that this, this awards system will probably not progress like it should do unless you open it up to more people and other areas. So I, I suggested, you know, Coda, Three Wise Monkeys, um, yourselves, yep. you know, um, and it's worked out pretty well, I think, yeah. because that interest has now uh, resulted in more people coming to the awards, more people voting. And uh, I think, you know, this next year, we actually could um, extend it out even more. I'm hoping to get some more South End yes. interest as well, because there's a lot going on down there. It's just not getting any coverage. And um, Berry, as you probably know, we, we, let's see how, how far we can extend it. We can, we can fill the Civic Theatre, which yeah. is about four, 550 people. We really should be able to. What was so funny was seeing you in the wings when we won. I was looking at you thinking, what the hell are you, what's going on? Like, we had no well, idea. Um, I was drunk most of the time. <laughs> but you were standing. I, I was standing, I must have, yeah, but, yeah, but the fact you actually saw me means that I must have strayed out from the wings and, uh, <laughs> yeah. curiously, I was almost part of the band or part of whoever was on at the time. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're a, you know, you're an important part of the local scene in Chelmsford. Really? Uh, yeah, because you have your radio show and you put on original music. Okay. Um, how, what do you see your role in the music scene? So what, do, what do people see you as, do you think? Well, first and foremost, I want, to, I want to put on good radio. And that's how it started. I mean, I've been doing this now for seven and a half years. And uh, initially, I, did, I didn't really know much about the local music scene at all. Um... It only came to me like after about a year or so when a couple of people said, you know, well, do you want to play my music on your show? And, uh, and after No. That, <laughs> well, you see, these days I'm Come quite... find me someone better. I'm quite judicious about what I play these days. Right, yeah. Because there's an awful lot of rubbish. Right. You know? And people need to know that. And... Um, but you're ahead of us I, on your show. <laughs> yeah, but how long ago? <laughs> yeah. Things have got better since then. <laughs> That was before he got picky. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. But, but as far as my role is concerned, um, I, I don't like to see it as a role because otherwise you get quite big-headed about it. And um, all, all I want to do really is to, is to absorb whatever music is going on around and, and, and to be able to play it to, to, to people who would not n normally be able to hear it. And, um, and that's worked out pretty well. But the thing is that it's... Um, it's, it's, it's difficult if you've got 20 uh, submissions every week yes. or thereabouts trying to be sort of yeah. at the same time um, trying to play the best stuff but also to say to people well you know it's not exactly for my show but it's very political what you have to do basically yeah, yeah it, it is, is yes and the, and the more that the more yeah. submissions I get the worse it gets obviously but <laughs> on the whole 
the quality is is steadily getting better right. in East Anglia. And I think that's probably because of the fact that a lot more uh, instrumentation is available a lot more cheaply now, probably. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, and people are coming out of their shells a lot more. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Right. In that um, suddenly people were like sort of on their own or whatever, and they think, what do I do? And suddenly people who were musicians but didn't want to do anything about it suddenly came out of the woodwork right. yeah. and even people who thought they weren't musicians suddenly doing something I think you've got and musicians as well of you sorry who who were sort of around but suddenly really taken off I mean since the pandemic Fraser Morgan's a good example of that actually yeah. he came out of the pandemic like guns blazing oh yes exactly and I wish there were more people like Fraser to be honest because uh, I mean, okay, he, he, his, his, his music is probably, and his style is probably Marmite to a lot of people because he's very much in your face. And his lyrics are actually, you know, quite hard hitting at times. Uh, but you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's got the idea that he, he runs some very successful mental health uh, gigs and whatever and uh, collects for charity and everybody. And, and, and he's friends with everybody, you know? And that's what we need. We need more people to be going out and trying to get everybody else involved whereas I think a lot of people will still try to be very insular about what they do which is fine you know because I mean some people want to be very private yeah. about their music yeah. but it's nice that we get we get it we're getting now we're starting to get to the point now where people are starting to uh, join up given that you've got such a very taste in music what is it for you that makes a good song well, um, okay, I, I, I go back to John Peel because he's always been my role model in the old days, uh, along with a little bit of Kenny Everett, I guess. But um, John always said, I always want to, I want to hear something new. And uh, that's was, that was what Howie's show was for 30 years. I want to hear something new. I mean, I, want, I love hearing the classics. I love hearing, you know, I love dissecting music. Mm, yeah. um, I go through a lot of, um, I, 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 I do some mixing and mastering for people these days as well. And uh, I, I, I listen to individual stems, people, what they're playing and yeah. so on and so forth. And, um, and I think to myself, you know, we, we, you can actually do something different with what you've done. Right. Yeah, yeah not their faces actually because the thing, the thing is that they're paying me to do what a, a job but yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's actually interesting to hear people's own interpretation of how they are as musicians yeah. Yeah. and how they join up with, uh, with, with, with other bands and stuff yeah. and uh, all I want to do is, 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 is all I want to hear basically is something do something that's not a cliche right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, and it's all about surprise I find you yeah, know you've yeah. got to do something surprising yeah yeah but not all the world but I mean the thing is just that yeah. I love a stru- I love a structure and um, there are there are so many different ways uh, uh, musicians go these days but uh, yeah if there's something about it if it's like a, a, a an interesting solo or somebody plays the bass in a different way or or it, it's suddenly burst into chorus or anything like that you know it's it, it that's the dy- the dynamic is, is what i like you know just something different what else do you like to do i'm a bit of a foodie and we myself and my partner we will uh, go around to a lot of restaurants and uh, whatever yeah so it's food travel i like going everywhere everywhere i can apart from that um archive television ah yes now the BBC is 100 years old yeah. I'm going back through the archives and uh, and uh, 
the stuff that's been on television has, has encouraged me to go back and uh, watch some um, some old 40s and 50s stuff they did uh, on the BBC. Are you a Doctor Who fan? Uh, yeah, I am. You it's know they've brought David Tennant back now. I, I think know. they're trying to revive it, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but he's only going to do it for one series, apparently. So it's just a bit of a shame, to be honest, because I really enjoy what he what he did. But I I I, I love the old days of uh, Patrick Troughton and right, William Hartnell. Yeah. Um, and May- <laughs> yeah, but it's not only that. The camera angles and how flimsy the scenery was, and yes. yeah. the, and, and all the, the cheapness of it. That, well, that, that appeals to me. Well, Paul, you've done well because there's a drinking competition going on next door, I think. And yet you haven't stopped talking. That's brilliant. Paul, thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We should have got him to sing something, should we? have played it. It's like five seconds and gone, that's Paul Dupree <laughs> with Will You Let Me Go Now? Yeah. Have you got enough now? Have <laughs> you got Paul? enough? Please, 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 will you let me go? Yeah. Yes, you may go now, Paul, thank you. <laughs> yes, you may go. Now, look, if you're a young listener, we know you're few and far between, <laughs> but you won't have heard of something called lemon curd. There's no way. <laughs> no, no. Right, yeah, so I went in to interview the lemon curd kids. They got the short end of the stick. They got me instead of Pia. Mm. Everybody loves Pia because you can actually talk to them. I'm, <laughs> I'm usually the unfriendly one. But sometimes I get Nasty. out there. <laughs> Nasty. You see the nasty one. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I'm talking now. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming around, Justin. It's been a pleasure. So Lemon Curd Kids have been around for quite a while. They actually got together because Mark needed to get a band together quickly for just for one event. And they've been together ever since. Wow. They've yeah. got the 10-year anniversary coming up, actually. So they all got on. Yeah, they all got all on got until on. you turned up. <laughs> on. And they've and quite, quite, yeah. yeah, I sort of, you sort of made some things up, said, Matt, what was it you told me about, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark, just what was making it? Just up. make stuff up. Yeah. And, and now, now got, they've disbanded. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, was a, it was a bloodbath by the time I left. <laughs> No, they're really nice. Ice cream sofa, which is a terrible combination. (laughs) Two albums, 2016 and 2019. Another person who's done an album in 2019 just before it all shut down. Yeah. Now you'd think 2016, 2019, three year gap. When would the next one be out? 2022. Yes, exactly. And it is. It isn't. No, it isn't. They've changed direction slightly Mm. and they're going. We just do singles and videos. Well, that's what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's working quite well for them. I quite like their videos. They're very imaginative. Growing up, though, I mean, we grew up in the era of singles, didn't we? I mean, the album world, the 70s sort of thing, was sort of over by the time we were into music. It was all about singles in the 80s. It's probably better off putting out singles as and when, aren't you? Because you can get a product out. Yeah. Getting an album out, that's a lot. Doing it the single route, you're kind of capturing it at yes. that moment yeah. in time, you're moving on to the next thing. Yeah, does make And you sense. might do other songs that never make it as a single, yeah. but that you play live. And some bands just collect them up, actually, and put them on an EP. Yeah. And make one thing, which you've already heard all of, and maybe just add in an extra track. Yeah. That, that, that happens as well. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Let's go for it. Let's do the interview. With no further ado. <laughs> with, with no more dues to be <laughs> further. <laughs> When did you guys get together? Well, I think we're approaching our eighth birthday. I think it was November 2014. Mark had been asked to play some charity gig yeah. for November. Oh, okay. 
Um, and I think he was sick of playing on his own. He'd be able to tell you more about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the uh, and, a, uh, shut up, Matthew. It was a, it was the idea of the gig was that everybody um, did something out of their comfort zones because I was a solo artist. Yeah, I was challenged with getting a band together to play my solo material, right. and then there were very well known singers of of bands that had to do solo sets and that was kind of the idea of the charity gig for Movember right. so yeah I had to assemble a, a group of musicians that would want to play my <laughs> my uh, racket of uh, acoustic stuff and these were the guys so it was never envisaged as a envisioned it was never seen as a long term <laughs> project no it was a one off one off gig one off gig and um I'd previously uh, played in band with James, and me and J- James was a solo artist at, at one point as well. And we used to gig round together. Um, Team Misery. Team Misery. <laughs> and uh, John was a singer in a band previously, um, and we had played together. And I knew he was a great drum drummer. I re- recorded your. And solo. John recorded my first solo record. Okay. Um, so we were friends, so I asked him to do that, and Matt was just a fan of ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt was just is just one of those faces on the the local scene that's been around for donkey's years and they're very well respected, been in some really established bands. That's more like it. And I put to be honest with you, I didn't know who I was gonna get to play bass. And Matt's not a bass player, he's a guitar player, a very good one. Um, so I just put it out on Facebook under my page. And Matt was the first to reply. He said he'll do it. And I was like, okay. Well, I think I said I'll do it until you find someone that yeah. really wants yeah, to that's do right, it. Yeah. Something like that. Is it still your material that the band works with, or is it? Do you all write now? I would say we all write, but it, it's still the same set. Yeah, Mark writes structure. Mark writes the songs. Mm. So I'll write a full song, start to finish, with lyrics on an acoustic, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes, sometimes yeah. I'll do a little four-track demo of it. And then I'll just send it out to these guys, and then they make it sound good. <laughs> At that point, it can be anything. Yeah, because and then it will change. Yeah, the song it might the song might not. I mean, the structure tends to stay the same, and and the chords and, and stuff like that. But the, you know, they will they can take the song in a completely different direction with a completely different feel. So yeah, otherwise it would just sound like my old solo stuff. Yeah. Are there any exceptions to that? Do any of you come up with bits and say, oh, I really want to work this into a song? Or I Oh, they all come up with bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like once I've given that, that basic acoustic demo, yeah. then everyone, JC will write his own guitar bits, Matt will write his own bass, John will write his own drums. Right. And if someone says, oh, this really needs this instrument on mm. it, we'll go, right, let's go, let's give it a go. Mm. You know? And occasionally right. kind of like structural things as well. I think when we for this the track we had out not long ago um disarm we we started that differently to yeah with, with the you know that kind of repeating um mm. just four beat section that kind of crops up again and again throughout the song so it's just it's things like that where where you're all in a room together and you just kind of bash out ideas and if you've got an idea try it if it's rubbish forget it if it's good see you know see if next practice see if you still like it have you still got songs that you've sort of like I love that song but you can't get it to work well Mark Mark had a a glut of songs last year and there were three that I really really liked and they were kind of more ballads ballady 
Is that a word? Piano. Piano, but yeah. Yeah. And where they, I mean, a piano song sung by a singer, they're all going to sound similar, but they all kind of got their own different personalities. But I'm trying to grab the different personality for each one and I can't get a real handle on it. And I was trying last week and sending ideas around. I'm getting closer. Hmm. It's taken me a year to get nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, there's something in there. There's something in there, but it's just just yeah. getting that thing. elusive. Yeah, that's why we do it, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. the create the creative aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, you're yeah. always chasing that that little moment, the eureka moment. The more I've done it over the long time that I have, I've tried to think about how songwriting works and where these things come from. And you know, now I just say it, it's like plugging into a, a cloud and just downloading something so it's not it's not like I sit down and think I'm going to write a song about this today mm. it it will just come and it is literally just like pressing it's like they're floating around and then you just pick one and it just slowly comes through to you yeah, it's like, like the uh, sculptor with a stone yeah like, yeah very much it, but it's, it's so there's also this really there. sort of eerie deja vu about it like I've done it before yeah. I know it I know mm. the song. I've just got to try and work it out on the guitar to. Do you ever have that thing where you start panicking that you've actually heard it somewhere? Oh, well, <laughs> and, and I have read songs that have been written before. <laughs> yeah, many times. So you had an album in 2016. Three years yes. on, 2019, second album. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, third album. I personally felt that you can release an album of songs and maybe two as singles, and you've got some really good. You know, mm. quality stuff on that album, and a lot of people won't hear it because they're just because today's listener is very much now, now, now. I'll just put a playlist together of the songs I, I know, and they won't give an album a time the time of day. So the the approach this time was to release bits and pieces here and there, but to be more creative in a visual aspect and get people's attention on that way, so that they would listen to the songs. Right. Who's in charge of the video? Well, can you guess? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone has a part well, to play in it, well, right? Well, Mark will come like, up I wasn't, the, I wasn't the scarecrow in the well, last video, right? Yeah, but I was told to be the scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, <you're> <laughs> I'll leave and you well, like <laughs> we struggle. Um, well, Mark will have the storyboard, but there's still room to, like, throw ideas in. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not... We're not, like, 100% reliant on Mark. I think uh, sometimes we... Mark might... Because he's written a song, he's kind of got a sort of deeper understanding of what that song is about and what the essence right. of it is. And I okay. think he's very good at kind of starting to sort of vis- put it, putting that essence, kind of making it sort of visual, sort of bringing a kind of the story to life. It's going beyond what's expected. So what what's expected as a local band is four people in a room playing along to the yeah. song which is what we did in 2016 there's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all no. but, but come on like you, you know to push yourself a little bit if you're trying to I, I don't know I've just got an overactive imagination I guess and it's just like it's just a bit boring for me like you've seen it once you've seen it a million times yeah. so just push yourself a little bit mm. more I'd like to see um, more local bands well yeah I'd like to see us do it that was a decision that you made to steer away from albums and do a single with a video each time yeah Uh, well it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable process as well you know we can so James will get stuck into making his scarecrow uniform and do an amazing (laughs) job of it 
no one can be trusted with that. And we were all really good at having water balloons thrown at us. <laughs> turns out, I never knew. Any new projects out there for, for making the music scene happen in Chelmsford? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's obviously other pubs that starting, like the Globes Reopen is doing music again. Uh, the Black Ball started doing music again. Um, so that's at least somewhere for people to play. Yeah. I suppose, obviously, Hotbox is the 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 shining light yeah uh, in the Chelmsford Crown at the moment you know well run well run venue nice people but it's still yeah. crazy that they're, that they're struggling yeah like as a venue they're they're finding it hard and they most evenings they it's busy isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and they're still struggling but they're captured like a hundred people which yeah. you know that's just the size of the venue that they have so it's yeah. a shame that they don't it's not somewhere in Chelmsford that gets the support of the council like yeah. like you have in Colchester with the Arts Centre mm. yeah you know because that's you know I've pl- played there before we've played there before and yeah and do look at the Colchester scene with a fair amount of jealousy yeah how um, <laughs> well the, the venues yeah are all great I think we've played at two of them Coda Coda was three great wise Three Wise Monkeys, monkeys. Good, didn't like the stairs <laughs> yeah <laughs> And this was it, Brew House. Brew House, yeah. yeah, yeah. We call it the Strip because that's okay. sort of down the bottom end of the high street. And it, the other thing is that everyone seems to be really supportive of one another in Colchester, and I'm not sure that's the case here. Used to be, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. used to be, but um, it's a struggle for bands to be able to play locally now. And there, you know, we've seen a lot of the main contenders that have been sort of sitting shoulder to shoulder with us for years just sort of drift off and disappear now you know it's not there's not a lot of new young bands coming through in Chelmsford there's a few Allison's just the only band that I can really think of Mm. it does kind of feel like it's still Mandeville and Snow and Slow Motion all the guys that have sort of been doing this for a long time now Um, (laughs) it it doesn't feel like to me like there's a big kind of like band scene nationally Anyway, it's no. you know, if you, yeah. I know the charts haven't always been a great kind of barometer for what is what is good, but there doesn't seem to be very much guitar-based music around anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's probably no surprise that young kids aren't really into bands because they've got nothing really mm. to look up to. No, it's not like yeah. when, when we were younger and we sort of like sort of the early nineties and into Britpop and stuff like that. You couldn't move for I you think know. People are happy guitar to be gym. fed with music on radio like big, bigger mm. national radio yeah. and and listen to that music not realising that that you know local bands can be just as good just yeah. as creative well that's it but we, we're always encouraged to shop locally but mm. it doesn't break through into music does it no but well, how can we change that <laughs> come on <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's next for you guys there's still a load of songs for us to record Mm. Um, we've got another one finished and a video done. yeah we've got we've got one re- ready to go it's um, a sort of acoustic based sort of thing right. it's quite moody um, we're going to put that in December it just kind of feels like it'll mm. fit the the weather I wrote the song and it took 10 minutes to start to finish yeah. with words and I, and I messaged John and I just and I think I messaged him and just said I think I've just written something really good December the 15th. Uh, that's your next one? Yeah, that's our yeah. next one at Hotbox uh, right. in Chelmsford. We've got Trains are available from Colchester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about getting back. Like when we do the Christmas geese, we always try to make it a bit 
entertaining rather than just putting three bands on. Right. We'll try and put something a bit weird on. <laughs> We've got one very good uh, special support slot. The other one hasn't been confirmed yeah. yet. The main support to us is a band called, I've got to get this right, Slip, Slip Disco. And so Slip as in Slipknot and Disco as in Disco and merge the two together. We haven't heard them yet, but, no, they've, but they've, done, they've done things like this before. These guys, last Christmas gig that we did, they did on what was it called? On Kiss, was yeah, it? On, on, on Kiss, which so was Kiss on Vogue. On, Vogue, on, Vogue. on yeah. Vogue songs played in the style of Kiss, <laughs> dressed up as Kiss yeah. in full, full outfits. <laughs> so yeah, so Slip Disco, so Slipknot Disco. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm tempted to come there. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh, and see you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you'd definitely have to get a train home if you left after that. Yeah. Well, thanks ever so much for your time, guys. Um, hopefully, get to see you again soon. And um, if any, anyone's listening to this podcast, check out the Lemon Curve Kids. They're on Spotify. Where else can we? Everywhere. Every, every YouTube. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Tesco Especially Express. check out the videos because they're very entertaining. Okay, let's listen to a track from the Low Encode Kids, Don't Let Me Die.
what section of the show is this called, Peter? You know very well, so just say it. The ending. Oh. No, it's not. Oh, I know, yeah. The, the, it's the weed killer thing. What is it? The uh, Roundup. The Roundup. Roundup. Well, roundup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you sponsor it, please? Yeah. <laughs> Every show we mention their product. Roundup. Roundup for killing weeds and your pets. <laughs> we went out to Berry. Yeah, great scene there. Great, really supportive. Seymour quickly at the washing machine at the Hunter Club. Very supportive of bands. And yeah, it just, just generate new bands because they see it happening. Five bands on in one night. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we stick in reviews on our Facebook as well for gigs that we've gone to see. So read them. So we're going to do Ipswich at some point, very St. Edmunds at some point. So hopefully in the summer we'll get out to a further afield mm. if we can so if anyone can recommend any good events out in Norwich or yeah. South End anywhere there's got yeah. a day events so we can catch a lot of bands and if we I mean if we go to Norwich I don't think we should go that much further because that you'll be in the North Sea and that is not known for its music well it really I think it isn't. proves our point doesn't it because there's yeah. because there's so few bands in the North Sea <laughs> They just don't have a music scene because there's nobody people can listen to when they're out on a boat to think, wait a minute, I could be in a band like that. <laughs> Singing in the middle of the sea. <laughs> That's why they don't, because no one's doing it. You know what? I <laughs> I really like those programmes about blokes doing jobs I'd never do. And that the, the one I'm watching at the moment is the Trawlerman program. I love that program. It's basically lots of wet fish being landed on a boat and men swearing and sort of just rolling fags. That's, I mean, if I had to sum up what they do on trawlers, I'd say rolling fags, swearing, and, you know, just getting their hands treading all over live fish. I mean, this is what they do, but bloody hell, I'd never do a job like that. I quite like those sorts of programs because it just makes me, I mean, in awe of these people uh, so anything like that um you've got things like mining um jousting <laughs> for a living jousting for a living well, it must yeah. be a hard living scraping out a living from jousting <laughs> i've had a terrible day yeah. jousting <laughs> how do you generate money from it <laughs> knocking on people's doors yeah i'm just in the area jousting <laughs> long stretches of grass with a sort of barrier I can use um, yeah so jousting littering kings and friends